This is the Horse Radio Network. So it's Friday night. Why not? Let's do something different. So why don't we start with what we're grateful for? And then I want everybody listening to type in one thing they're grateful for, non-sarcastically, in the comments. Actually, something we're grateful for. Brandy, you have something today? Um, I'm just grateful for the chance to be able to do my dream job. Um, for years, I always wanted to do event planning and work in the ag industry somehow. And I get to be home every day, make my own schedule, pick my kids up from school, now take care of them for three weeks when they have no school. <laughs> so I, I have a luxury and a life that I have folks who are jealous of, and I, I love it. And I'm lucky to get to live like this. There you go. That's a great answer. How about you, Lindsay? Uh, I'm grateful to have my little girl with me. And so even though I'm not able to go on the road and go to the different expos and stuff, I'm going to spend more time with my family at home, which usually I take a little bit for granted and I'm always on the road. So I'm going to be grateful for a time with my family. That's a perfect answer. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing to get to do, actually, because I know how much you travel and uh, you know, that's, it's, it is trying sometimes. Uh, Barbara says her new Mustang bow. Congratulations, Barbara. New Mustang. That's great. Uh, Carol says my that's dog awesome. is feeling better today. Well, that's a good thing to be grateful for. Vicki says family. So keep making your comments and what you're grateful for. I got good big news for you guys and something I'm grateful for. So today I had the opportunity. We were uh, My wife and I were invited over to take a tour of the New World Equestrian Center here in Ocala. Ooh, cool. so we got to go out with the guy who's in charge of all the construction, the operations manager. Let me tell you guys, I have goosebumps just thinking about it. This place, number one, is freaking enormous. It is enormous. He drove us into one of the indoors. There are four very large indoors that seat 1,600 people each. Wow. So imagine that we got four in, heated air conditioning in, indoors that seat 1,600 people each. I'm talking about the New World Question Center here in Ocala. He takes us around. There are at least 10 to 12 huge barns, huge barns. Uh, we go around the back of the 300-room hotel that they're building right now, which, by the way, is going to overlook the Grand Prix ring, which is kind of sunken. It's kind of neat, the design they did there. We go around the back. There's more barns. There's barns everywhere. <laughs> it's just incredible. And then we come to this stadium that is the size of Rolex Stadium that's already built. It's the size of Rolex Stadium at the Kentucky Horse Park with that amount of seating, probably more seating, actually. He said it seats 8,000. And the seats are done. The stadium's done. It looks like they could do a show tomorrow. Wow. Wow. There are 400 construction people working every day on that property. Uh, it's scheduled to open in January. They didn't miss. This is a very detailed organization. You could tell this guy, too. He was answering X while we were driving, talking to us, answering phone calls. And that was in the 20 minutes we were with him. But every wow. little detail, I mean, it's just amazing the the things that they've thought of. They, they're doubling, I think, the size now of the RV park because they needed more. And it's huge. Uh, they're digging out and building a lake. Uh, you know, <laughs> there, are, I, there are bulldozers and every kind of equipment you've ever seen. I got to tell you, I was very impressed and really had goosebumps going around the whole time. It was impressive. I was very excited to be there today and to see it. And it's you, I, I can't wait to see it done. And I can't wait for the whole world to come into the World Equestrian Center. It's going to be the largest equestrian center in the world. Wow, um, that's crazy. I had no idea that it was that far along because I was just in Ocala pretty recently and we drove by the area and we saw the picture of the hotel, which looks so cool. It looks like it's out of some European like fairy tale book. It looks beautiful. But I didn't know that it was that far along. So that's crazy. Well, the hotel got that is much done. probably about half done, but the arenas and all of that other stuff are really getting done now. Um, you know, I don't know what kind they, he didn't say, but I'm assuming that supply chain with right now that's drying up in a lot of places might affect mm -hmm. building people too. I would assume it would. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be slowed down at all. I don't know. But uh, it was well along. The arenas are along. The barns are along. The stalls are in. It's just... It's just incredible. <laughs> you And what I could tell is it's made by horse people for horse people. They have experience and wow. everything they learned in Ohio that didn't work or they needed to improve on. They're improving on it. Um, you know, it's just going to be it. And it's three miles from my house. I could ride my bike there. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Sounds Look like next year we need to take an Oregon field trip and yes. fly across country. 
everybody needs to take a field if trip. You, to, Ten uh, years ago, we went to Ireland on a field trip, so why not Florida? That's right. <laughs> you know, Kentucky Horse Park's going to have a run for its money, but this place opened it up, let me tell you. All right, wow. let's kind of introduce ourselves. I am Glenn Geek of the Horse Radio Network. I am the founder of the Horse Radio Network. We are 12 years strong. We have over 10,000 episodes. We do 15 different shows. Uh, Horses in the Morning is one of the ones I host with my co-host Jamie and about 12 other co-hosts. We do it every morning. We're the longest-running uh, podcast for the horse world, and we're the we're in the top five of all daily podcasts in the world of all kinds. So uh, nobody's d- done it as long as we have. I, uh, there's two or three others. Uh, so we're very proud of that. Horses in the Morning can be found on your podcast player. We're keeping Horses in the Morning every day, light and fluffy and lively. We're not doing this kind of stuff. We're going to do this in the evenings on the Facebook Live so that we can give you a break from all of this. And believe me, this morning show would be a break. Uh, we did really bad ads and it was funny. So join, listen to the morning show if you need a break from all of the worry. Uh, we're going to do, I do morning posts. I think you guys have probably seen them uh, on the Horse in the Morning page and my personal page. Um, and uh, they're kind of entertaining and informational and they're getting huge amounts of shares. So I appreciate everybody that's sharing those. I'll try and keep doing those every morning. And then every night at eight o'clock, come hang out with us and hang out with horse friends. And we're going to talk some serious stuff and we're going to have some fun. So just hang out with us every night. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, we're not going to talk anything serious. We are going to play a game of equine trivia with some of our listeners. So tune in, play some trivia with us, hang out, have some fun and relax on a Saturday night. And to hell with coronavirus. Uh, (laughs) We are going to forget that thing exists tomorrow night. So that's uh, tomorrow night's plan. Plus, I'm tired of talking about this all week, to be honest. Um, We have all of the past episodes of this and the videos and stuff on Horses in the Morning Facebook page and also HorsesInTheMorning.com. Just click on the Corona banner. You'll find it there. Uh, And uh, that's about it. Um, This morning's post that I did on the Horses in the Morning page, the, the blog post I wrote, is about boarding barns and the things you should put in place. It gave you a sample of what you should do with your borders right now to prepare and plan. You could print it out. You could implement it today and you'd be ready. Uh, And uh, we're going to tonight, we're going to, Brandy is here. She's an event organizer and has had a lot of events uh, affected by this. So we're going to go to her first and talk about what it's like from the event organizer's point of view, and maybe talk a little bit about what happens on that side. It's a wild day for event cancellations. We're we're just going to touch on it because pretty much, it's all closed. And uh, mm-hmm. I could probably list the ones that are open easier. And <laughs> then we're going to get, <laughs> get Lindsay's thoughts on the virus. Now, Lindsay, you were, you are, you tell her, tell everybody what you are. The, <laughs> in the horse world, I'm a trainer, clinician, Mustang makeover competitor, thoroughbred makeover competitor. And my regular job is I'm a registered nurse and I actually work in public health. So right now I'm on maternity leave because in Canada, maternity leave is a year and a half long. So I'm still on maternity leave. My Damn. Daughter, it's not my fault. I apologize. I got like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty lucky. And, uh, and my, yeah, what I do at work is public health, which is all about prevention and things like that. So I have a bit of an interesting perspective coming from that background and having a lot of knowledge working behind the scenes in that preventative type of health. And we're going to talk about that uh, tonight as well. So Brandy, just give everybody a quick overview of you. Yeah, um, I'm out here in Oregon. My name is Brandy Ebner. I am the executive director of the Oregon Horse Council. And then I own my own company called One Decision Management. So I do event and association management across the state of Oregon. Um, with that, I have done it all. Rodeos, conferences, conventions, expos, 5Ks, whatever you can think of. I've probably put it on in 20 years. Um, you know, and, and we're lucky. Oregon Horse Council didn't actually have any big events on our schedule right now. Um, we should have, but we didn't. And so um, we have been lucky not to deal with it, but I'm dealing with it from an event standpoint. I had a 700 person 5k on Sunday that we emergency canceled yesterday. Um, I'm seeing events like the Northwest Horse Expo, which is the biggest horse expo in the Northwest. You know, we're a vendor at most of these shows. Um, We do a lot of marketing and promotion for horse shows and events. Horse Council still dealing with it (laughs) Uh, one way or another. (laughs) You're a little busy right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, we're going to get to all of that. And we're going to talk to Brandy here in a second. 
But uh, I, I, okay, let me just mute you for a second, okay? All right, so we just muted Lindsay for a second. She's going to go over and handle children. While we do this fun thing, I'm giving away stuff tonight. So anybody that's watching live is going to be paid off tonight. So what I have here is three pairs of FBF and it socks, and it is their insect repellent protection socks. So this has the insect repellent built in. And we have three pairs of those. And how you can win these is right now, while taking us along so you can still hear us, <laughs> is go to the bathroom and take a picture of your large stack of toilet paper. Post it in the post it in the comments, and we're gonna put three the first three people that post their picture of their stack of toilet paper are gonna wear win a pair of these bug off socks. All right, so go do that. These are very nice socks, by the way. And I think anybody that lives in an area where they have a lot of bugs or you hike or you're out you're out uh, riding or that kind of thing with your paddocks, these will be terrific for that. Then the person tonight, that's the first three, the person tonight with the largest stack of toilet paper in their picture, and you can't steal this off the internet. I want to see your bathroom. Um, is going to get an entire box of crap. We do this. There's the box. We do this on, no fair, I'm on a horse in an arena. Well, Laura, go to the bathroom quick. Um, <laughs> so we're I, we, on the morning show, we give away boxes of crap, which is all the goodies that companies send me. It's not crap. It's really good stuff. And it stacks up in my closet. My closet is overflowing. So I am going to send you an entire box worth of goodies if you have the largest stack of toilet paper and you post a picture tonight. So there you go. We do quality entertainment here and quality, high entertainment and really serious stuff on this show. And you can win crap, too. All right. Let's start. Brandy. What what's it like to be an event organizer? Oh my god, girl. Right now? <laughs> um I feel for a lot of people right now. This this virus um so Wednesday night at 10 p.m., um Governor Brown in in Oregon put an alert out on Facebook that all events with 250 people or more are canceled. It wasn't should be, wasn't suggested, it is they are canceled. Um you know, we have this Spring in Oregon is pretty busy time. So there's huge sportsman shows, there's horse expos, there's huge events going on um, all the way down to small events. It is even being suggested if you have a wedding, you don't invite guests basically. Um, so we get this alert at 10 o'clock at night because of my world, I'm on Facebook. When it's out, instantly post it. Um, the post has gone viral. I don't even know what I'm up to. Tens of thousands of views at this point. Um, we're, we waited for word from the Northwest Horse Expo, um, which is in Albany, typically at Lynn County Fairgrounds. And um, they're, the owners of that are in Indiana. So they were fast asleep when <laughs> they didn't know what was going on. Um, hey, Brandy, can I interrupt you a second? I just yeah. realized you can't post in the comments a picture. So just oh. post it on the horses in the morning oh, no. page. Just do a post on the horses in the morning page and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find it there. Just post it on the page you're watching this video on and, and we'll see it there. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, the last couple of days in Oregon, which I know is not just our problem, it's nationwide. I think there's what only a few states that don't have some kind of ban right now. Um, it has been a scramble for event coordinators. Um, you know, some events are small, you know, like my 5k that I've done granted 700 people is pretty decent size for our area, but we're on a street. So all we had to do was call an emergency meeting, change the date. We can use that same street six weeks from now. Um, and I'm not associated with the Northwest Horse Expo in any way, but as someone who's produced horse expos and big events, they're in a whole different bracket. You know, they're at a fairgrounds. They take the whole fairgrounds. Every inch of it is horse expo. And that fairgrounds is very popular. It is booked solid all year long. So they can't just reschedule. You know, they've got clinicians coming in from around the nation, vendors from around the nation. Um, we even have some of the times vendors from Canada. Um, there are people traveling from multiple states to compete in contests and show there. Um, and folks have said, you know, why aren't they just rescheduling for six weeks out? It, it doesn't work like that on a big event. Um, I think what's really mm -hmm. scary, I also come from the festival and fair world. So I know tons of exhibitors and I, I've, friends that were at Houston with the livestock show getting shut down. Um, this is affecting every level of the event world. Um, so folks don't think of, you know, I, I've had friends go, I, when am I going to get my $10 ticket refund from the expo? And I'm like, donate your 10 bucks. These, these families could go bankrupt over these events. Um, 
you know, a lot of these events have small margin. The vendor fees, sponsor fees, and gate fees are what pays for it all. Um, and you're already out all your marketing. Northwest Horse Expo is to be starting next week. All their marketing dollars are spent. Their deposits are all paid, um, which are usually at least 50%. You know, and they're talking, you know, thousands of dollars for pipe and drape, sound companies, videographers, um, you know, clinicians. You know, clinicians can get to $20,000, $25,000 to bring in um, for a show. So they're out most of that money and they're not going to get it back. So even postponing to next year and moving all of our um, vendor fees and those kind of things, just rolling them over for a year, those vendor fees and those sponsorship dollars, a lot of that has been probably spent and they're not going to get new vendor fees and new sponsor dollars if they just roll over. So now they're probably sitting there scrambling, trying to figure out how do we make it right? How do we survive for a year with no additional income? What do we do next year when most of the income was on the books a year before? There's no fresh income, but you've got the same bills next year. Um, I feel for those big events. And I think, um, you know, a lot of folks just don't think to that level. I know when we produced a horse expo, and ours was relatively small, you know, it was a $45,000 weekend um, in Central Oregon. People didn't even know that I spent five grand on electrical, five grand on pipe and drape, uh, 20,000 on vendor or uh, sorry, clinicians. Um, and that doesn't count your marketing you've done for months in advance. And so my my comment to folks is I know 200 bucks for a booth or 10 bucks for a ticket is painful. But in the grand scheme of things, consider a donation and try to help these folks out. Everyone's got to find some middle ground right now, um, because if if major event coordinators can fight their contracts, so say they get their deposit back or, or they didn't pay a deposit and they don't have to pay their fees now, okay, now the pipe and drape company has no income. That means their guys aren't going to get so paid. The food people which, have no income. I mean, yeah, they, they so all their around. bills. And so yeah. it's a huge trickle effect. It's not as simple as just, you know, pick another date and do this. It's going to go down through all your vendors. I know vendors now saying, you know, some of their big weekends, like Houston, I have a friend that's, that was her income for the year was Houston stock show. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage next month. Um, so this is trickling down amongst thousands of small businesses. Do the, uh, do the shows have insurance? You can get event insurance. And I think it's a, a feeling that a lot of folks have is, Oh, all events have insurance. They can just call that up and refund everything. It doesn't work like that. Um, you obviously have insurance for your event to protect yourself if an accident happens or something, but you have to buy a separate event cancellation policy. And the issue with most of those policies is you have to choose what level of policy you want. And I know in 20 years of doing this, I've only done a few of those policies for my biggest events. And those are the ones you're talking, you know, you've got main stage national entertainment or huge expenses that if there was a, you know, snowstorm hit and no one can come to the event and it has to shut down, it'll cover your expenses. However, to my knowledge, most people do not have the clause in there that allows for viruses and bacterial um, issues. So even if you have an event cancellation policy, um, I was talking to our, our, our agent earlier today, and she said in almost all of those, there's actually a clause that says does not count, you know, for in, in light terms uh, for, for bacterial or viruses or that kind of thing. So therefore tornadoes for snowstorms for floods, which is what we all kind of think of if we have to cancel. I've in 20 years, never thought a virus could take out one of my events. So if folks don't pay for that, which is an expensive little policy and something we don't think of, then these events are out. Insurance is not protecting them now. Um, we're getting a weird echo. I don't know where it's coming from. Um, so I am going to see here. I, uh, uh -oh. I don't know. Maybe, Lindsay, try putting the head the earbuds in with your phone and see if that helps. Uh -oh. Okay. I will go back upstairs and get them. All right. Sorry about that. I'm going to take Lindsay <laughs> off. Take you on a tour of my house. Uh, hide her. I, I <laughs> hate you. So you're. Uh, so I don't know where if that's where the echo is coming from or not. But people were no. complaining. So by the way, um, we uh, as a side note, we have three winners of the socks already. Dan uh, Danielle, um, <laughs> who's a nurse too, Kathy White, and Kimberly Hudson Watts. Kimberly Watts, thirty-two rolls. <laughs> so, that's that's a Costco package. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody can beat 32 rolls to win the big box of crap, keep posting it on there and we'll have a winner by the time this show's over tonight. 
So, uh, so now what, you know, if you have a ticketed event like road to the horse where they're buying, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of tickets, mm -hmm. do, do, you, do they have to refund it? Or if they would cancel an event like that? Um, it all depends on how their contracts are set up. So I know, um, like we run through a national running company for the 5k that I produce and it said zero refunds and the company rarely does a refund. We as event coordinators have decided to offer refunds. Okay. So okay. I'm seeing different things. I mean, I've been on Facebook pretty much for 36 straight hours. Um, I'm seeing across the industry, a lot of shows and events are refunding, especially larger price tickets. Um, there or the rescheduling. If you can't make the rescheduled date, you're getting a refund. Um, I think a lot of it kind of goes on, you know, what what agreements the event has with the ticketing company, and then where does that refund come from? Is it the ticket company to refund cards, or is it the event having to do the refunds? Um, the big shows, you know, you're talking large, large shows are going to have all that built in. The smaller ones, um, you know, I think of horse shows that are handled by a horse club. Um, you know, they probably didn't even have an online ticketing system. It's probably mail in your check in your application. So those are going to have to take a lot more, you know, kind of bookkeeping to deal with. Um, yeah. But it's, it's not going to be easy for any of them. It's going to be a nightmare. Uh, this it, is a nightmare. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us, Brandy. We really appreciate it. And good luck with uh, all you're dealing with right now, too. Well, I just am glad that we're we aren't in the thick of a big event, but I feel for a lot of folks, I'm seeing therapeutic writing centers having to close and, you know, lessons. I mean, it's, it's just going to be crazy. And we don't know how long this will last. Um, Oregon's dealt with a couple very nasty snowstorms in the past couple of years that kind of shut down our state for a couple of weeks. Um, but there you, you know, the snow will melt, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, you'll right. get out at some point this, we don't know if we're seeing the peak. We don't know if the peak won't hit for weeks. So um, the unknown is is making it even harder for event planners um you know our board met yesterday and said do we postpone some of our uh, networking events and we had some uh, focus groups plan and but we don't even know how far to postpone them out for so we're just freezing everything at the horse council in person and doing as much as we can online um and supporting our members you know with marketing the best we can to just get through until we know better everybody's going to be affected financially by this in one way or another. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it's just the way it is. Well, thanks, Brandy. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye. So, all right, Lindsay, um, let's go real down, down real quick through the list. And I'm just going to do touch on some of them. Obviously the president declared a national emergency today. The Canadian president is in quarantine, <laughs> right? Uh, so you got the Canadian president in quarantine because of his wife, right? She was overseas yeah. and was exposed. Uh, that's the way that was. The World Equestrian Center in Ohio uh, yesterday was going to keep operating without uh, spectators, and now they have closed. Uh, Road to the Horse has changed their date. They now have a new date of June the 18th to the 21st. If everything's fine by then, you'll be able to go to Road to the Horse then. More information will come out about ticketing and whether you can make it or not make it or whatever world cup last night we gave you the heads up before it was announced that they were going to be canceled and they did and then the big one the uscf uh, came out today and said all owned events selection trials training camps clinics and activities will be suspended for the next 30 days so pretty much any uscf event um wow i mean and then there's a thousand others. I had almost 200 emails today from people telling me about their events that were canceled. And I didn't get back to most of you, and I apologize, but I do appreciate you sending those over. I, you know, pretty much it's you're, you're not going to have an event. You check with your local little events. They might have them, but every state now is doing the, uh, you know, you can't meet over 200 people or 50 people or whatever. And by the way, uh, they did find out out in Oregon that the police can come and shut your event down if they find out about it. It's more than that number of people. That is the wow. way it works. Yeah. So, so what do you, th I mean, you're, I mean, let's take away you away from your horse training gig and back, by the way, let's just do a disclaimer here before we talk about this. We are not medical experts that uh, you're more of a medical expert, but we are not here in a medical expert capacity. We are here to have a conversation. Do not take what we uh, say in the next uh, till the end of the show as gospel. Go see your doctor. Uh, do not believe anything I say ever. Uh, so is that a good enough disclaimer? Do you need more? Uh, yeah, I just I'm not 
I'm not representing the health department right now. So even though I do work for the health department as my full-time job, not representing them right now. So yeah, cool. We You're representing a girl it. who but has I a wanna, degree, right? You're a girl with a degree. That's right. That's I want to... I want to say one thing though. So one show that hasn't officially canceled yet is Equine Affair. And so that's one that I'm signed up to compete at for the Mustang. Yeah. For the Mustang challenge and the, um, When's the thoroughbred, date? uh, April 2nd to 5th. Cause I think Ohio it is. just did the, uh, thing too about, but I don't know how long it was going for about groups over so many people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're. I think I think they're being hopeful and optimistic. And I've seen some things going around on Facebook about people saying, "Oh, how it's rude and unprofessional," and they need to just make a decision. And I think, especially after just listening to Brandy talk too, like we just need to be more considerate of the fact that, you know, they, you know, this could be huge for them. They could be going bankrupt over this about rescheduling, or it might not be possible. Like it's it's an awful mess. And so I think giving them, you know, a week or two to see how things play out. They're trying their best to try to keep things going. They're hopeful. Uh, I think that we as a horse community can be supportive of that and try not to be too critical of them because there's a lot of tough decisions that they've got to make. Good point. And, you know, and again, we're all going to be affected. So, uh, you know, huh. so tell me, um, as a health pro professional, uh, but not representing anybody, your own personal opinion, <laughs> So where are we at with this? I, you know, I'm going to throw my conspiracy theory out there because I can say all this stuff and, you know, it's just me. Go for it. <laughs> um, never in the history of anything have we seen all the governments around the world get so excited about mm -hmm. anything. We've got mm -hmm. seen individual governments get excited about something, but never in mm -hmm. history have we seen the whole world get this excited. That concerns mm -hmm. me a little that, one, maybe we're not hearing the whole story and they know more of the story mm -hmm. than we do, which with government, I always think about that, right? I mean, we've seen enough mm -hmm. movies, right? Um, so, <laughs> so that's one reason I think that we all need to take this seriously. They are concerned. They wouldn't be doing all of this and losing billions of dollars mm -hmm. if it wasn't serious. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's, there's definitely a lot. And part of it has to do with the fact that it came from... Uh, China and they were not honest about um, what the numbers were. They're not honest about the case rate. So we don't really know. And Iran's not honest either. So it makes it really tough. So now that the virus is actually into Italy and South Korea, which we believe they're trying really hard and they're giving honest information. And now that we've got scientists that are sharing this information through published journals, we're getting a better picture about this uh, virus and certain studies and certain doctors have released different pieces about this virus. Um, that there's there's a lot not yet known, but there's a lot of scary things about this virus. One being that you're asymptomatic for the first um, depends on how it kind of varies, but for at least a week you're asymptomatic, which means that you're walking around thinking you're fine. And so there's lots of people that are saying, oh, if you don't have symptoms, you can still come and do X Y Z but you're still spreading the virus. And that's probably the most dangerous part. And that's why all this shutdown is coming into effect is that because you're sick without showing any symptoms and it's so hard, like it's so easy to catch it. It's such a, such a little pesky virus, if you will. And then the other piece about it is that uh, some people are having mild factors, but a lot of people are, are experiencing severe system or severe reactions, and we just don't know the real numbers yet. And so some of the things that have been translated out of Italy are just really scary in terms of the hospitals are just so overwhelmed that they're not built to have that many people on ventilators or on oxygen. And so they're literally having to choose who they're allowing to live and who they're giving the support to. So it's not that we don't have the medical capacity to save lives. It's that we don't have the medical capacity for everybody to get sick at the same time. So we kind of have to keep that in mind. But I think there's so many unknowns, but just kind of your piece about the government and kind of conspiracy theories, I guess, if you will, is the whole notion of hand washing. I'm not going to say that hand washing is not important because it really is, but we're seeing a lot of these um, promotions from different people. I've seen some really cute little memes like for Texas, it's got to wash your hands like you just made a whole bunch of jalapenos for nachos and now you're going to change your contact lenses, which is cute. It's funny. It's cute. But what you need to remember is that this isn't, yeah, it's an, it's an airborne illness though. So you can literally be in a 
the same room as somebody who's 10 feet away from you and still get the virus. And so uh, I think they're promoting hand washing as a tactic to try to help people stay calm because uh, respirators are already so hard to come by. Masks have flown off the shelves. You can't buy them. There's shortages for health professionals. So I think they're really upplaying the hand washing to try to help people not panic about the fact that there aren't enough masks for people because really this is an airborne illness. So if you're going to tell people to wash their hands, you should really be telling people don't go within 10 feet of somebody else and don't share air with somebody else as well. Well, So even the impression I got too was they didn't realize it was airborne for a while. Right. Uh, Isn't mm -hmm. that recent? Yeah. They, they didn't come out and say it right away. There were people that alluded to it. And uh, ironically, those doctors just vanished in China that were saying that. I'm not really hmm. sure what happened there. Kind of, you know, I odd. think we kind of know. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it was really sad and unfortunate. But um, yeah, now they've confirmed that it is airborne and that if you're six to 10 feet within somebody who's got it, and they're really shocked actually at how much the virus, like how much. Um, of the virus that you actually have in your throat after just being exposed for a really short period of time. So it's incredibly so they, contagious. Well, let me follow that up. Uh, Cause I have a question for you about that. So it, they said you can have it for five days or five to seven, eight, 10 days before you get sick. Mm-hmm. Are you contagious mm-hmm. at that point And you can yes. give it to others during that time when you don't even know you're yeah. sick. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So that's why all of this travel piece and we'll probably see a spike in cases in the USA and Canada, just by virtue of the fact that people don't show symptoms for potentially another well, week. And, so and in the United States, we don't, we don't even test people. We don't, we don't have the tests. So yeah. once they we start don't. testing yeah. throngs of people, this number is going to spike way high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is important, too, because right now your fatality rate is through the roof because you don't have all your cases determined yet. So. Right. And really, it's about protecting mostly those vulnerable populations. So even though you mean the whole state of Florida, person, oh, is <laughs> which is where my parent, where I just was, where my parents have a place down there. So we were just there. So yeah, my parents. I'm like, they're both over sixty. So I'm like, don't you dare get out of the house. Like you stay in the house. Like do your get your groceries delivered to you, and well, just stay there and don't go anywhere. Well, now my brother has followed. He he has followed all of this stuff from the for months now, and he, you know, this is what he does. He's retired, and he's followed this extensively. And he basically put out a thing today that said, if the only way not to get this is not to leave the house, period. Mm-hmm. Nobody leaves mm-hmm. the house. Nobody in your house can leave the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was even talking about package deliveries because it can live on surfaces for so long. You get the package delivered, your driver sure. has it your driver sneezes on it or gets something on it. You open the package, you got it. I mean, mm-hmm. he said the only way to avoid that is to leave the package outside in the sun, which tends to kill viruses. But then you can't even really open the package for 10 days, you know, or yeah. so. Well, there, well, there, the cat's not really out of the bag on that one yet. So it okay. could be potentially 12 hours. They're saying that 12 hours, it could be not on the surface anymore after that. So maybe if you left it up there for a day and hope somebody doesn't swipe your package off of your porch, (laughs) then uh, then, uh, it should be okay. Um, But yeah, it's definitely tough. So you can't blame people for going out to the supermarkets and stocking up on things because really your safest play right now, like if you want to be super conservative, not going to catch coronavirus, you would go stock up on all your stuff and then don't go anywhere. Don't do anything for for a couple of weeks until this all kind of hopefully blows over. But some experts are saying that we're going to see this persist for five to seven months. But I think it all depends on how effective this next couple of weeks go, because if people listen and they don't interact with other people and we can stop the spread of this virus before it goes really crazy, then hopefully it can all blow over and we'll be fine. But if people don't listen and they're stubborn and they spread it without knowing that they're spreading it, it's just going to keep, trickling into all these little pockets of population and we're gonna have to deal with this even longer which is gonna just devastate even more families and more businesses and more events i wish we had some good news at this point um so sorry sorry i know that's a bit of a downer thing to say isn't it so what shocked me and this has changed right now since the president made the announcement today We've seen a lot of things change. The cruise lines are finally shutting down, which they should have done two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see airlines shutting down because they're just going to shut mm-hmm. down to save money because they're they're losing so much money running empty planes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, you know we can't even get into the states now like canadians um i had friends trying to cross over i've got a girlfriend who's got a cabin in tennessee and she couldn't even cross the border to come over i've got a cabin in new york too nobody they're not letting people into the states anyways anymore right now okay so you can't come from canada to here we can go to canada or not well, not really sure on that. Canada is okay. a little bit more um, inviting of people. Hmm. Until it gets really bad. I mean, your your president. Until it gets really your, bad. Yeah, your president's in. Court. Hopefully, hopefully now he realizes how serious it is, and yeah, maybe exactly. he'll actually like say no more. Uh, so, but you so, know, who knows? You know, uh, I don't want to get to the vaccine thing yet. We will though, okay? Because somebody just mm-hmm. and just said there is a vaccine in the works. We'll get mm-hmm. to that, okay? I don't want, I don't want to get off of this topic yet. This is progressing so fast that, I mean, mm-hmm. since we started doing these four nights ago, we've seen the entire world change in four days, mm-hmm. right? All mm-hmm. of our worlds have changed in four days. What I was shocked at is how long it's taken to close the schools. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I've been shocked at that. They're closing now, almost all the way across the country now they're closing because kids are carriers. They may not get as sick or sick. But they are carriers and they're bringing it home, you know, and I'm really shocked about that. I think we're going to find out that was a mistake. Um, But closing. I'm actually not in support of that. So I'll I'll counter you. Yeah. You can argue with me. It's it's in it's it's ineffective. So if you're going to shut all the schools, that's great. But only if you also shut all non-essential services and you keep the adults at home, because otherwise all you're doing is keeping kids at home, but the adults are still going to work and they're still bringing home Isn't that virus the next and spreading step? it. I mean, really, that's well, the next step. It should be, it should be the other way because right now you've got all these parents who, who work and have children. And so now you're stressing out all these people who are already financially strapped out of all what's going on with, you know, people are getting laid off and it's already becoming really horrible. And then now you're keeping their kids at home, but they're in this dilemma of I still have to go to work. So they should have shut down all non-essential services first mm. and and shut schools down potentially at the same time or the day after. So that way, because right now it's just, it's just silly. It's like, okay, you, you've locked all these kids from going places, but the poor parents, what's happening with them? So yeah, it's just, and a lot it's, of... A lot of them. It's a gesture, I mean, like, but it's ineffective. Yeah, like, but the restaurants and laying off people because they're down eighty percent. I read today, restaurants mm-hmm. are down eighty percent. We we did drive out. We went to the World Equestrian Center today. And we drove by places to look. The grocery store is mobbed. Um, but when you, even McDonald's <laughs> or some of those other things, they 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 were ha- you know a quarter of what they usually are uh, mm-hmm. on a Friday you know here in o- Ocala it's usually mobbed uh, and it just wasn't. I went to Panera Bread for lunch and uh, normally that place is packed at lunch and I actually didn't have to stand in a line so yeah so I hear you on that. You know, last, uh, you know, if you missed uh, our, I have pinned to the top of the Horses in the Morning Facebook page when we had Dr. Rebecca on talking about what to do with your barns and, and that kind of thing. Tonight, we're, we're talking about us uh, and, you know, ha- what what effect we have. Somebody mentioned vaccines, and I know they're working on that. Actually, I can't say who, but we have a couple of listeners that work in labs that are working on vaccines. Um I can't say anything more than that. Uh, But even with a vaccine that gets approved finally, we're talking, and then 7 billion doses for the entire world. We're talking a long time here, right? Well, I remember um, actually when SARS went around. Before you go on, I want to ask you this question. If you already have it and you're really sick, a vaccine doesn't help, right? The vaccine is to prevent it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you've already had it or you've already gotten it, that doesn't matter. And I remember when SARS came around, I was actually one of the nurses at public health at the time that um, when the vaccine came through, I was one of the nurses that was actually giving the vaccine in mass production. And it was crazy, the lines to get the the vaccine. And I'm not sure how they pulled it all off. But I mean, in Canada, at least at our health unit, we had tons of stock of vaccine in we weren't worried about not having enough for people. It was more just the logistics of getting through the lines of people. So I think once they figure out how to make a vaccine, I think they're going to be able to produce it and pump it out pretty quickly. It's just a matter of making sure that they make it, that it's safe and that it's effective. And then it's just getting it out there. So they've got the experience from SARS on that one. So I'm pretty confident that once they figure it out, that that's, you know, I wouldn't worry about, about that. I think that'll be okay. Well, the other thing that makes me feel better about that is, you know, when you saw the president up there today with all of those companies that are competitors working together, I and what mm-hmm. I did hear is that they're not 
this will not be a proprietary vaccine. They'll have to share it with all, all companies will be making the vaccine once it's approved. It's not going to be, you know, one company has the mm -hmm. rights to it and it's a trade or it's, a, you know, they, nobody else can produce it. This is beyond that at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, Which is great. Like, that's yeah. how it should be, you know, when something like this going around. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolds after the fact if uh, if things start to recover. <laughs> So, you know, I've been saying all along this week that next week, next Friday night, this is, again, it, everything's going to change again. One way or another, mm -hmm. things are going to change drastically by next. What we have in this conversation will be different, you know, because we'll mm -hmm. be in a different stage of this. Hopefully, it, things are a little better. You know, the stock market, thank God, today mm -hmm. actually went up. That That's good. Um, mm -hmm. But it is going to affect all of our lives. I mean, in, in every everybody in the world. Yeah. <laughs> One of the um, one of the other expos that I'm supposed to be going to is the Western States Expo, which is in California in May, first week of May. And they're actually waiting for another week before they decide what to do. They sent out a press well, release to ask right? clinicians. They have a little time. Yeah, they've yeah. got some time, but they're hoping that the con. But they're only giving themselves another week. They said we're going to give it one week to see how this is all playing out, and then they're going to make a decision. So I'm really hoping. My fingers are crossed because I really want it. That was going to be my first time out to Western States Expo, uh, so I really want to see everybody out there. Well, let's talk so, about you personally, okay. if you don't mind. I mean, this affects you too. You're not making money right now. It's true. It's um, it's tougher, like not being able to do clinics, like being stranded in Canada. Uh, it's harder. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be at going to Equifest um, next weekend, and then I was supposed to be doing a clinic in New York the following weekend. Like, I pretty much plan everything every single weekend of my life, other than like January, February is booked. So, kind of building off of what Brandy said, it's hard. Like, they've already told us a rescheduled date for Western States Expo oh, if it gets canceled. Oh, but then I have to make a decision do I cancel that Something clinic else. that I was supposed to go to, or do I? And so it's not super easy decisions. I'll have to figure it out, even with what Equine Affair is going to do. Who knows? So it's not it's not going to be simple. It's definitely not a matter of just reschedule. And then there's definitely going to be lost income, lost opportunities. So you just kind of have to make the best of it. Luckily, I have an online school, an online academy. So all my students that are in my online school are going to get extra Lindsay time over the next little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, make make the most of it. Plug, give a quick plug for that because <laughs> some of the people at home may want to do that. So give a quick plug. Sure. Yeah. If you want to check it out, go to harmonyhorsemanship.ca and uh, or the Harmony Horsemanship Facebook page and you'll see info on that sort of stuff there. But yeah, luckily we have the the online ability, we can still connect online and you can kind of imagine how different this would have been even 10 years ago. We would have fewer options to us and wouldn't necessarily even know what's going on in the world. So you can imagine just how different that would be, but and, at least um, there's some perks. So if anybody has any questions for Lindsay before we do wrap up tonight, please post them there and we'll, she'll try and answer them the best she can. I want to remind everybody that we're not giving health advice at this point. This is Lindsay just mm -hmm. talking from her experience in the past. We are right now at Kimberly with 32 rolls of toilet paper for the big prize. So if anybody else has more than 32 rolls of toilet paper, take a picture and post it to write a post on horses in the morning and post it. And you'll get about a hundred dollars worth of stuff. Cause I have a crap load of stuff in my closet, uh, which is really a bad, pun when i'm talking about toilet paper but uh <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i might have you beat but i'll i'll spit this one out oh you have two you have more than 32 rolls my my husband is a mega prepper so uh when this when this whole was hitting the fan you know what we did most people went out and bought like you know pasta and toilet paper mm -hmm. we bought a greenhouse a greenhouse and some more chickens for our farm. how many chickens do <laughs> so you have now not many. We only have like 10, but then we bought another six so that we've got enough eggs for 16 chickens uh, will give you enough eggs for the neighbors. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But you never know. You got to be able to share an egg. <laughs> so you and I just to get off topic here for a second and to lighten it up a little. So do you remember the last time we sat together at a picnic table? Wasn't was that a Kentucky horse park? No, World Equestrian Games, waiting for a hurricane. Oh, the World Equestrian Games. Oh, my goodness. Why do we always get together during crisis? What's going on, Glenn? We need to 
do this on a different day. The picture I posted <laughs> on Friday the thirteenth, no less. Was you and I at a World Question Games? You had come down to do clinics, right? Weren't you going to do demonstrations? Yeah, that's right. Yes, and then that got that <laughs> yes. got hurricane down. <laughs> Oh, that was horrible. That was horrible. I had my horses down in North Carolina and we were all waiting for this big hurricane and it just turned out to be a heavy rain. Everything was canceled. It was brutal. We were sitting at the table. I remember it. It was hot as hell too. It was hot. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was actually it was pretty beautiful for the start of the games, like the eventing and the you know, it started off pretty good and then it just kind of yeah, it went a little downhill from there. <laughs> South. Wanda, you have forty eight rolls. Take a picture and post it quick because uh you'll you'll be in the lead for the box of crap. Uh <laughs> so what else would you have to say if you were gonna give, you know, a couple of things of practical advice at this point? Um and let's let's assume that it the numbers are going to go up, uh, which is the perception mm -hmm. of people is going to go up because we're, we're finally starting to test. They're going to, I want to ask you about that too. So they announced drive-through testing, which they've been doing in Colorado, but they're going to try mm -hmm. and do it all across the country. So you'll drive through, they'll swab your cheek, they'll stuff it in the thing, mail it off. Right. Mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. But then it's, it's, 24 to 48 hours to get your results. I assume they're going to tell you stay home in the meantime. Um, mm -hmm. And, if you get your results and you're positive, they're going to tell you to quarantine. At what point do you know you need to go to the hospital? You know, that's tough because when you have the flu, you feel like you need to be in the hospital anyway, right? For the normal flu. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what, For sure. That's tough. That's a tough call when you can't breathe. Especially, and, oh, yeah, because uh, the primary diagnosis right now for this is um, uh, pneumonia, bilateral interstitial and pneumonia. So basically, that's where your lungs are filling up with fluid and you're not able to breathe. And so one of the tests that's kind of been circulating is that you can do a test where you hold your breath and kind of go and see if you can hold it for at least 10 seconds without feeling like you have to exhale or cough or that it's painful or something like that. I'm not sure I could do that and now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 10 seconds isn't that long. Uh, and that's like a quick, easy, like check-in of like, are my lungs still functioning or is there any pain or anything uncomfortable going on there? And then obviously you want to stay on tab with your fever. So make sure you have a way to take your temperature and make sure that you can take your temperature accurately. Because if you, depending on how you take your temperature, sometimes it's not necessarily going to be accurate. Um, for example, if you take it in your armpit or depending on how you take it in your mouth, you want to make sure that you put the thermometer right, like right up under your tongue, like right back in there. Otherwise, like if you put it on top of your tongue, for example, it's going to give you a false reading. Uh, if you want to be really accurate, you're going to stick it up your bum, and uh, then you know it's going to be accurate. Uh, but you may not want to do that. But that would be how you could get a really That's accurate reading. Unless you have one of those, do it. Oh. <laughs> right? That's how I do it for my daughter. But you know, and the horses, right? <laughs> the uh, or you can have an ear thermometer. Yeah. So my poor little girl has a fever right now, but that's because she just had her normal vaccines the other day. So uh, she's, uh, but it's not no. the time that you want to be having a fever. So yeah, or sneeze. I sneezed today and I thought I was waiting for the police to come. You know, I was, <laughs> we were out. Yeah, about. everybody's looking at you. <laughs> so it's like, uh, don't sneeze, don't sneeze, don't sneeze. <laughs> exactly, right? You have to be so careful. Ellen, but the thing wait with a minute. the Ellen coronavirus says, though is that it's a dry cough. Alert. Ellen says 62 rolls. Oh, my God. You need to take a picture and post that, Ellen. That's 62 rolls. Uh, and uh, Samiko says, we really just need to ban Lindsay traveling, you know, for global safety. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that when I, um, when I was coming back. I went to the doctors yesterday because um, it was just my normal appointment day. And I walk in and they're like, where have you traveled in the last 21 days? And I'm like, 21 days. I have to think about that. Uh, Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, New York. Uh, and she's like, ah, stop talking. And so because it's like, so they sent me for a chest x-ray and a breathing test and like all this really? stuff. Yeah. So I just went. So anyways, I had it all done yesterday and everything. Are you healthy? Fine and normal. Good. Yeah, all's good. I didn't have a COVID test because that takes a little bit longer to get back, but they um they did a bunch of other tests on me and made me wear a mask. But you know, I yeah. try and goof off, but I I take this very seriously because I got three things against me. I have three strikes actually. I have asthma for a long time, oh, dear. And, mm -hmm. and I do mm -hmm. daily inhalers. I have mm -hmm. chronic Lyme disease, which immunity you know immune system infect affected that way, and I'm almost sixty. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got three. Yeah, things you've got the trifecta there. You've got yeah. the bad kind of a trifecta. So I don't you need have to high stay blood pressure, away. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have you that. need to stay away. Stay home. 
If anybody tries to come, you should just carry a horse whip with you. And anytime somebody tries yeah. to come, just a lunch whip. <laughs> now that can be the right dual purpose. I, like I have carriage whips. They're about that long. That'd work. Yeah, I'm pretty good with the carriage whip. Well, all right. Give it. Give it your last piece of uh, advice to people at this point, and what what you honestly think from from Lindsay's point of view. Ah, from Lindsay's point of view, I hope that everybody just stays home and doesn't interact with everybody. If we work together over the next uh, week or two, hopefully this can all kind of subside if we can all work together and we can put this all behind us. So hopefully we can cooperate and uh, everybody just stay safe and enjoy the extra time with your loved ones at home. And I'm sure we can get through it together. What's your website again, Lindsay? Uh, my harmonyhorsemanship.ca or lindsaypartridge.com. Okay, so I have uh, I have something for you here. Uh, we're going to end with some funnies, okay? Because I don't want to end on, on this. So we're going to end with some funny stuff. I found funny Twitter posts today, and this is all about f- touching your face, okay? Because last night... I drank my first Corona or I tried to, I hate beer and it was awful. (laughs) And they made me every time I touched my face during the show, I had to drink. And believe me, I stopped touching after about three sips because I really don't like that stuff. (laughs) So uh, I found some of these today on Twitter. If the CDC didn't want me to touch my face, they absolutely should have said, touch your face a bunch, touch it all the time. It's only the only way to be safe because once you're told not to do something, you do it all the time. If you if, if you had asked me before, do you touch your face more than six million times per day? I would have said, no, I don't believe so. But yeah, I do. <laughs> You're thinking about it now and you do touch your face all the time. Really, uh, another t- Twitter post, realizing basically all I do is touch my face all day. And that's pretty much it. We get a lot of static from your cord. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, another one. I'm starting to realize just how much I touch my face and where do I buy a, buy a cone of shame for a human? That would work, though, because it would remind you not to touch your face, right? Or it's anything. True. That's else. what they say about those little masks is that even though they're not effective against the airborne stuff, it gets you to stop touching your face. It would. It would. And if you got put one of those cones on and put a mask over it. You'd be in good shape. Um, mm-hmm. Every time I read something telling me I shouldn't touch my face, I am touching my face. And it's true. It's true. It's so hard. It's so hard not to touch your face. Although I think I if you scroll my- through this video, I probably touched my face, I think, at least three times. I and Jamie pointed out last night that apparently guys with beard touch, touch their face all the time and they play with their beard. And apparently I do all the time. So I don't even know. I don't know. And beards, they don't contain germs at all. No. So that's it's a, fil- it's a filter, Lindsay. It's a filter. Yes. You just got to grow it so it grows up and over your mouth. Uh, so that way it's completely covered. Lindsay, you've been great. Thank you so much for reaching out and joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Remember, everybody, tomorrow night, we're playing equine trivia. Join us, have a drink, get your wine out, get a Corona. I don't care if you like it, that's fine. Uh, and join us, and we'll, we'll play some fun trivia. We have a player from England, and we have a player from the United States, and all of you longtime listeners of the Horse Radio Network will be excited to know Helena, my first co-host on the Stable Scoop Show, is going to be co-hosting with me tomorrow night, and we're just going to have some fun. There might be some viral trivia, too, so will be uh, maybe some you know plague trivia who knows uh so and we'll have a lot of horse trivia too so let's definitely get together tomorrow night have some fun and we'll keep doing this auditors uh i'm going to give you a heads up if you're an auditor of the horse radio network sunday sometimes sunday off the set of time we are going to do a giveaway facebook live where i uh, we do some trivia and i give away prizes so that's going to happen on sunday someday sometime why not make the best of this right we're all together we might as well have some mm-hmm. fun together so, Lindsay, exactly. thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. You be safe up there in Canada and uh, keep in touch. With-